This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. You will go to the book of Malachi. We're talking about asking ourselves the question. What is the real truth about the time? Now, we're about on our fourth lesson in this. So, well, actually, last week I said we were going to start this week. So I'm going to say this is our second. We had done some before the pastor's appreciation, but we came back and kind of redid that and started over. So let's just say this is our second le- lesson. And God has been dealing with us about some things and have opened our eyes about some things. Some things we already knew. Some things we just, we knew, but we just kind of forgot or something. And this is a refreshing. Because let me tell you, God's word is transcends time. It doesn't matter when the last time you heard it or if you never heard it. God will always give you something else and put you in remembrance. Now, as a matter of fact, the way God has brought this on for us to teach now is because a lot of us have forgotten different things that should be in place, that we should be. See, as forerunners, these type of things, which is elementary things, should be already established in our lives. But sometimes we hit and miss. God don't want us hit and miss in this area because this is elementary. We can hit this every time. Amen? Are you in Malachi chapter 3? Malachi chapter 3, beginning at verse 6, it says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers ye are gone away from mine ordinances, and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, said the Lord of hosts. But you said, Wherein shall we return? I'm I'm always right here, God. What is it? He said, well, will a man rob God? And you say, have I robbed God? I haven't. I I haven't. I tithe. I I give. I haven't robbed him. Because when we look at the word rob, all we think about is money. In verse 8, it says, will a man rob God? Yet have you robbed me? And you say, how? When? I, I give. Verse 9, you are cursed with the curse. No, the, uh, the bottom part of verse 8. Ver, uh, verse eight. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? And he says, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now, I'm telling you, that all of this sets a standard. You have to understand this. From verse 6... All the way, it sets a standard. When it sets a standard, it's God's standard. It's not man's standard. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It sets a standard. And, and, that, and it's going to set a standard for everything that we teach concerning this. Everything that we can teach concerning this whole series of teachings. This is the standard that has already been set. But, but, and remember in your head, God is an unchanging God. Amen? Verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes unto the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I would not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. I love verse 11. 
And when you do that, this is a prerequisite that you do 10, that you get 11. Did you hear me? See, we, we like to just read it and take it. But now he says, that to, you have to do verse 10 to get verse 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall the vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts. Now, listen, we ask the question. Let's find out the real truth about God. We're going to go over a few things for continuity of thought, and then we're going to push forward. Now, we already have established that the, that, uh, um, tithing is up under the spiritual principle of sow and reap. So and re- it's under the it's not so and reap, but it is up under the principle of so and reap. We've talked about that at length, and it's and we know that the principle of so and reap in the kingdom of God is God's ways to provide for our life. He said, as the earth remains, there will always always be seed time and harvest. There'll always be so and reap in the earth as long as it exists. So that is God's plan to provide for your life. Now, most people think when you say provide for your life, you're only talking about money. We're not talking about money. We're killing this thing about money because God can provide for you in many more ways than just a a paycheck. And, and most people, they say, oh, to provide for me, it just has to be money. No, it, it doesn't just have to be money. Just stay with me. Amen. And so we understand that it's up under that principle. Then we gave a definition of tithe. We said a tithe is a tenth. Everybody say a tenth. Tenth of all legally incoming cash. Legally income. It's a tenth of it. So what, what, on every dollar, it's a dime. Now, people have a problem with this, that, and the other, and they keep saying different things like, are you, need me? Oh, people keep saying things like, um, uh, well, I don't think tithing is for today, and this, that, and the other, or whatever. But I'm, I'm, this is what I want to know. Okay, let's say, forget the tithe. So what are you going to give God? Nothing? I mean, at least he said a dime on a dollar. Okay, so, okay, okay, so, so, uh, if you, you tied, you're going to hell. If you're gonna, so, okay, so, what are you going to give God then? More than that? See, you're fussing about a dime on a dollar, so don't tell me you're gonna give, you're gonna give him more than that anyway. Because, remember what he said back up here, you robbed me in tithes and offering. So why is everybody in such a quandary about a dime? On the oh, tithe is not for today. So what do you give God? What do you give the house of God? Do you come in the house of God all the time and suck up the air and sit on the seats and use the restroom and do everything that they have to give and give nothing to the house of God? Since a dime on a dollar bothers you so much. Oh, I give $20 every now and then. You ought to be ashamed of yourself and call yourself a believer. I'd expect that from a sinner, but not a believer. Not a believer. So, I don't know why everybody's so in a huffy about a dime on a dollar. About a tithe. Whether it is or if it isn't. And then they and, and the main one they say, and then they'll, they'll holler louder than anybody. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Except for tithing. He changed on that. 
And then they're like, well, it's the law. Most people, when they say this is the law, they don't even know what the law is. They really don't. They think the whole Old Testament, everything, that, that's just the law. You, they don't even know what it is. Jesus came and when He walked, He said, I didn't come to destroy any of it. I came to fulfill it. We forget that scripture or, or maybe never read it. I, I think, and, 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 and if the Old Testament, see this, I want to kill this right now because that's where people, that's where they want to drown this thing out is the Old Testament. Okay, if the Old Testament, it doesn't, it, it's not, that, that doesn't mean you have to have it for the New Testament. Why do we have the Old Testament? Why don't we get rid of the Old Testament altogether? If all of that is the law and we can live by none of it, why don't we just get rid of it? And do none of it. Everything in the Old Testament, it speaks of Jesus. We can't get rid of it. Everything speaks of Jesus in that. So we want to get caught up on a dime on a dollar. Foolishness. Amen. But I'm, I'm, I have too much information to get caught up in that. So let's just move forward. So we said it is one-tenth of all legally earned cash. Earned or unearned. That means if you earn it, if you go to work and earn it, or if someone gives you something, gives you what, what uh, $20, whatever it is, a dime on every dollar that belongs to God. We said that it belongs to and must be returned to God. It's never yours. Now God gives it to you because God is not interested in the money. He's interested in obedience. So he's placed it for us to obey. He's not looking to see, let me make sure you gave a down on down. God is saying, let me make sure you obeyed. Because he don't need money. God's not broke like you. God doesn't need money to exist. God, and you know, and everybody thinks, and that's why you better stick around, because everybody thinks opening the windows of heaven is God's going to pour you out of money. Well, God is not a thug heathen. He's not going to put, if God gave you money from heaven, Guess what? It would be counterfeit because it would not be of this world. He's not doing any of that. You got to hold on for that. But you know, oh, God opened me the windows of heaven. That's not how it works. It, it's amazing. It sounds foolish to those of us that are learned, but people do really think that. That God is just going to open the windows and pour them out money from heaven. Amen. And so we, and, 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 and the one tenth belongs to him and must be returned to him. That's why he said, will a man rob God? How can you rob something from somebody if it doesn't belong to him? If it's yours, you can't rob God from what's already yours. He said, but you robbed me, what? From something that's mine. He trusted us enough to say, you know, I'm going to put the whole thing in your hands. And I'm going to tell you, just bring me, just bring me 10% of that. That's mine from off the top. That's first fruit. That's off the top. Just bring that to me and everything else you can have. But if you put it up under my word, I'll make it where the sow and reap will just flow out of your 90. But we want to think otherwise. Amen. We said that we must first learn to separate this from our mentality. The way we think. You have to separate the tithe from your, the way you think. If you think all the money is yours, no. You got to separate that like you separate anything else from, and then you make your budget on, after your taxes and tithes, whatever you have left, that is where your budget is. And you need to be beneath that in order to, 
have to give. You don't go right to that point. We talked about that at length too. We're not going to get into all of that. Amen. And then we said the purpose of the tithe. The purpose of the tithe, we said, was has three significant things. It is, number one, to finance the kingdom of God. Number two, it is to publish the gospel to the lost. Number th- three, it is to provide for the needs of the believer, whether it be spiritual needs or temporal needs. So the tithe is there. He said, you have robbed me. He said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. The, where, the place where you worship is the storehouse. Did you hear me? The place where you worship is the storehouse. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you like this. Now, if you have a place that you worship and you haven't been going, but they're ministering to you, you should be tithing there. Because they still have everything that they need to be taken care of at that church. Now, if you don't belong to a church and you're being blessed by this ministry, then your tithe should go here. Did you? Don't forget what I just said. If you don't belong to a church... I'm not telling you that you're tithe because you came and visited our site and you belong to another church that we should get your tithe. No, we are being a blessing. I'm saying if you do not have a church and you're just getting into the things of God and you, well, I don't have a church every day, but I'm being blessed by this ministry. I'm not under any covering. Then your tithe should be going where you're being fed. So if you're being fed, then you, you need to look at the bottom of this, of, of, of this streaming and find out where the address is and that's where you should tithe. You have to get into the plan of God in order for this word to work. You're a believer. Amen. Again, I want to say, because somebody missed that part. If you have a church, that's where your tithe goes. If you do not, and you're streaming us, or you're, or you're listening to the end of our message, and you're being fed, then you should send your tithe to the address below. Plain and simple. Nothing difficult about that. Amen. And then we said that the whole thing that we're talking about is we're understanding the principle or understanding where tithes rest within the principle. And we've been diving into that. Now, we said we've had seven major principles that God has placed in this ministry. Actually, he's, he's placed in the body of Christ as a whole in the way that his word works. Seven different ones. Seven is a, seven is a completion. The number seven means to complete. And it's to make a whole umbrella for you to operate in, in every area. I gave you homework last week. I hope you did it. I told you to go and start looking at all the principles and see where you've been operating. See where you have not. It's there. Because you have to operate in those principles. He put it in the earth. First principle. And the principle of organization. That, that thing, that, that's how God, God organized the earth ever before He put man on it. He organized the nursery ever before He brought men. In the Garden of Eden, everything was prepared. Everything on earth was prepared before Adam and Eve even came on the scene. God believes in organization. And He said, that if you put that in your life, it's my plan to simplify your life. And that is so true. To organize is to simplify. My my youngest son, whenever he cooks, he tickles me so so much like his dad. But he tickles me so if I go in the kitchen, and I, which I rarely do these days. But when I go in the kitchen, whatever they're gonna cook, he has everything on the island just just 
just all organized. I said, organize it again. He said, yeah, everything. I said, but you're not cooking until it. it doesn't matter. He have all his seasoning there. He has this there. He got his liquids there. He got everything is all, and it's all neatly dealer. Just organized. And he said, well, when I get ready to cook, it's just all right there. I don't have to look for nothing, everything. And sometimes he's, he's not doing it until the next day. But that night before he goes to bed, he does all that. And then I see him do the same thing with his weight, with lifting weights and all that. And I hear him go out the door and, and you know, it's time for everybody is in bed because, you know, I laugh because I say, I say, you know, we get we go to bed so early because 5 o'clock, 5.30, everybody's in their corner. And I hear him go out, he go out and organize all the weights for in the morning. And he and and like if I go out and I go through the garage and I look, he have all his weights here. He had this here. He has his rope there. He has everything always organized. And he said, "Well, when you do that, mom, I just go in. I don't have to look for nothing. I just go go in and I just just do it because everything is right there. And then and then when I go out because I go out to the through the garage to do it, everything is just neatly stacked away. And this is over here and that's over there. And I'm like." Oh, you are your dad's son. You are very organized. But it makes it simple. It makes life simple. That's one of the principles of God that he's placed in the earth. Second principle. Seven of them is to sow and reap. That's God's plan to provide for our lives. Third principle is God's principle of stewardship. To make sure that you have more than enough. Stewardship. That's a principle. That's God has set. Fourth principle, the principle of authority. Woo, God's people hate that. But God has set the principle of authority in place. We must follow the principle of authority. And God said, when you do that, I will protect your life. I will protect your life. When you have, walk in stewardship, I'm going to make sure your life is fulfilled. I'm going to make sure you have what you need. Fifth principle is the principle of unconditional love. Oh, you're going to have to forgive. You're going to have to, you're going to have to let some things go. Unconditional love is in there. Not conditional love, which is what Americans and what people as a whole, that's why, that's how they love, conditionally. But God has set in place in the kingdom unconditional love. That's brotherly love. Amen. Sixth principle. The principle of obedience. It's it. He's when you obey me, when you obey me, you're going to get the reward. If you ever want reward from God, just obey. That's we got the easy part. Just obey and the reward. The seventh one uh, and the final principle is the principle of agreement. We must agree. God said, when you agree with me, when you agree with my word, I'm going to crown your life with peace. Even in adverse circumstances, you will have peace. And that's a wonderful thing to know. Amen. These principles, again, is like one-seventh each of our umbrella. And when we stay up under that, we are safe. Those are principles that we have. It's a principle and it's an umbrella of protection. So whenever something is out of line and stuff, go check those and see how you operate. Are you operating in that? If you if you go and you check, you be like, okay, yes, I'm being a good steward. Okay, yes, I am. I'm I'm doing this. Oh no, me and so and so fell out, and oh, I'm not having no unconditional love because I want them to apologize. Now now it knows and bought all the rest of the principles. You gotta be operating in all seven of these. It's just seven things. You do more than that in a day. It's a, it's, it's a process of getting yourself disciplined to operate in these principles. Amen? 
So, and, and, and because those things are already set, they're inherent, they're essential. They're, that means when I say inherent and a part of God's whole plan in, in, in uh, tithing that we're talking about, and in any area that we're ministering in, this, uh, this, these principles must be there. The minister was talking this morning about marriage. These principles must be there. They must be there. You gotta oper- operate in these and everything else. All the other stuff will come easy to operate in. If I'm operating, if I'm being a good steward, I'll have something for my wife. If I'm being, you know, if I'm being all these things, if I'm having unconditional love, I'm not gonna talk bad to them. I'm not gonna talk. All of the, I'm telling you, the principles are there. But you use in any teaching that we're teaching, you're gonna find it. Amen? And so we understood that there were four parts to the principle. We said, first of all, every principle, all of these seven, has an institution. I gave you an example. I told you sow and reap is under the principle of marriage because a man sows, a woman reaps. I gave you examples last week. The, the, the principle of stewardship, that's for a single person. You, got, you, you have to take stewardship. Well, it's, it's for anyone, but it's, it's an institution because a single person won't operate in the sow and reap in that in the principle of because you're not married in that in that way you can't operate and so let me put it this way you can't operate and sow and reap and living with someone it don't work it won't work because see i don't want you to think it's just for marriage because sow and reap is across the board but that's just an example somebody said oh well, we sow and we reap no 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 that no no you're single you can go down to stewardship you need to know how to handle and take care of all the things that you need to be taken care of, but not that. Amen. And so we talked about those at length too. And then we said the other ones that the, the institution we have, um, that the um, principles are, we said number two was commandments, statutes, and judgments. Number two, commandments. Number three, statutes and judgment. Now, now let me tell you, Stay close because we talked about these and I'm, I'm just hitting on them. I'm, I don't want to get into them because I have new information. You have to go back and listen to the other ones. Tithing then is a principle of sowing up under sow and reap. It is a statute. It's a law. It's a regulation. And then we said it was a prescription. And I gave you where the prescription was. I, I went through that and I, I won't go through that. But listen to this. It is that portion that you provide and is assigned to. It's a provided to you and it's assigned to you and it carries correspondent re- uh, uh, actions. Correspondent action is always going to come with tithing. Amen? Always. It's gonna, you got, it's a corresponding reaction, action is going to come behind tithing. Tithing is, you, you have to just get that on your plate and say, you know what, this is elementary. I don't battle with that. You should not be a believer and still struggling in this area. Now, well, let me, let me say it this way. You should not be a believer that have been a believer. No, let me say it this way. You should not be a believer in this ministry for any length of time and you're still struggling with tithing. You should not. Now, if you're a babe in Christ and you're not really understanding it, I'm not talking about you. It's some things you have to learn to understand some things. But those of you that's been here and you're still struggling with that, I'm gonna, God's going to show you why you've been missing it and why you're struggling like you are. Just hold on. Amen. 
So, I told you in a prescription, you take the prescription to where you're supposed to go, you do it. You have to do it according to what is prescribed. If a doctor gives you a prescription, what, what is prescribed on it, you gotta take it like it said, like, like the prescription says. So it is with tithing. Whatever God said, you gotta do it exactly like that. You can't deviate from it. You can't give half a tithe. You can't tithe sometimes. If God said it was uh, all legally earned and unearned money, then that, that means every time I have to do the same thing. I can't just say, well, not this time, you know, maybe next time. No, that's not following the prescription of the Word of God that's telling you what to do. Amen? And then we turn to, let's go there right quick, Luke chapter 6. I'm going to read that right quick. Luke chapter 6. Verse 35. I'm just going to read it real quick. <clears throat> but love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great. And ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. And when you read that, that brings you right into the spiritual principle of unconditional love. Because I gave you the example. If somebody owes you money, somebody that you loan money to, and they act like you didn't loan it to them, you gave it to them. So they're just not going to pay you back. You have to still love them. You still have to be kind to them. He said, I'm good to whether they're thankful or evil. Now, see, that's hard for God's people. We be like, oh, no, 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 no. But we have to, we, we got to push past that point. You got to push past that point. Say, okay, I know, I know they know they owe me. And they, well, if they haven't given it to you, let it go. And just say, you know what, because if they know they know and they haven't, then they're not going to. So you just move forward and say, you know what. And God said, now, I'm going to have you move forward, but I'm going to watch and see if you still be kind to them or do you have an attitude to them. I'm going to stop and see if you still, are you still, you know, being nice to them. Are you still doing things with them? Are you still doing, you need to understand that. I know, unconditional love, that's, that's, that's one that's, that's very hard. Sometimes you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to really, you have to put yourself in that to really, really operate in that particular principle, cause it's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm telling you, someone had done me like that, and I didn't want to forgive, and I said, if they ever need something, if they not, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's, that's it. And God said, nope, that's not it. That's not, you gotta leave that alone and let it go. And I did. And this was some years ago. And I, and I did. I said, you know what? If you are, if you tell me to leave it alone, God, just leave it alone. And I did. And let me tell you, and I have a peace about it. I don't even think about it anymore. I'm thinking about it now because I'm teaching you something, but I don't even think about it. And when I see that person and stuff, it still doesn't bother me. It's, it, you know, it, and let me tell you, it'll try to creep in my head and I'll smash that thing with the Word of God. I'll make it pay. I'll take it into captivity because it's a thought to come. And you'll be like, oh no, you're not putting me in that trap. Why? Because I need to always be in tune with God. I cannot afford to get off about some money. I cannot. I got too many things banking on. Well, first of all, all of your lives in my hand. I, you think I got time to worry about somebody owing me some money? Uh, no, just let it go. Money comes, money goes. Amen? And then we move on forward. And then we said the spiritual principle of agreement. The institution there is the institution of the Trinity. The Trinity of God 
and the trinity of man and how they come together. So until we come into agreement with God, you will never have peace. Until you come into agreement with God. You gotta agree with God, whether you like it or not. Let me tell you, it's a lot of things that I don't like what God said, and I wish I didn't have to do it, but I agree with His Word. You know, we're like, love those who hate you. You, you know, you be like, seriously God? Do I have to? You know, you're, and God said, yeah, you, you have to because you belong to me. So it's a, so it's not like everything that you read, oh yes, I'm just wearing to do it. No, some things you have to fight your way through until it becomes who you are. I tell people all the time uh, on social media, I said, listen, what I do on my page, that's not what I do. It's who I am. It's who I am. I'm not trying to musker up something. That's who I am. I'm that way on social media. I'm that way off social media. I'm the same person. I'm the same one. If you get with me, we're going to talk about the word. We're going to talk about the word. We're still going to, we're going to use something. Even if we're laughing and joking about something, if the word will come in, because it's not what I do, it's who I am. Amen. So if you be like, oh, Lord, she talk about the worship, but well, you don't want to be around me. And I'm good with that because if you're going to come around me, that's what it's going to be about. Now, I'm not saying 24-7, that's all I talk about. It's nothing else. No, you're doing different things, everything like that. But it's never a moment. I, I can't remember a day that have ever gone. I, actually, in my life, it, it just seems like it's been since I was born, which I know it hasn't. But it's been so long. I don't remember a day that I haven't gone by and talked about something about God. Never. Because not, it's not what I do. It's who I am. It just it's automatically comes into play. Me and my son, we laugh and joke about different things. And, uh, like I'll say something in there and they say, oh, no, that wasn't Christian. Uh, and, and we, you know, we're laughing, joking out and, and just different things that we teach and stuff. But it's always, and, but when it comes down to being serious about the things of God, then we talk serious about it. But never a day goes by that I'm not talking about the things of God. Amen. Now, this is where we left off, and this is where we're going to begin to pick up. I think, didn't we last leave out off on talking about, we said work. Everybody, we start talking about work, right? We started, that's where we, we kind of left off. We said work is a commandment under the spiritual principle of sow and reap. Work. Work is a commandment under the spiritual principle. Now, go with me to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 15, it reads, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that you that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, you see the word command there. Listen, there, that, that, it's stuck like right in the middle of the, of the verse. God commanded the man. Now, yeah, you have to understand this. When God commanded it, that's from the beginning. He, he, he commanded it from the beginning. If you were a Hebrew or a person that read this in Hebrew, you would understand that. But remember how the translators translated it. It's like something comes after it. But everything, it's like, it, it wouldn't change it if, if, if this said that 
from the beginning in the garden, I commanded man this. And then you go back and read 13, 14, 15. It's the same thing. But it's the Hebrew way. But, but when they start translating, they start mixing words and pulling them around to make it make sense for us to read our way. But in actuality, God's commanded from the beginning. Notice, know this about God. When God speaks, it's never a suggestion. It's a commandment when he gives you. He gives you a commandment. Amen. Listen, the, the, if, we, if you don't understand it, you have to understand that all of this works because it is a commandment. And that's when we have to obey. Everybody say obey. Now, we need to verify all of this in the New Testament scriptures for those that say that's just Old Testament. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Run over. Ephesians chapter 4. Where am I? Let me turn one more page here. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27. It says, neither give place to the devil. Now I like when God said that. He said, neither give place to the devil. Now, when you're out of line with any of the principles, the seven principles that we give, any of the principles of God, the devil has a toehold on you. Because he wants you to get out of line. He don't want you to operate in that. Now, remember the devil, this is what you have to understand. The way Jesus has set it up through dying on the cross. The devil cannot do anything to you without your permission. You got to understand that. See, if he could do anything he wants to you, what was the use in Jesus dying? What was the use in him uh, uh, leaving the Holy Spirit? He cannot do anything without your permission. If the devil is riding your back, you got to find that hedge of protection you let down. Because he cannot do anything without your permission. The devil cannot do anything without our permission. It has to be a permitted response for it to happen. He can't come in and just take charge of your life. There's no such thing as the devil doing what he wants to do in the believer's life. He can only do what you allow him to do. Because the word of God has already given you everything you need to cause you not to fail. Jesus set it up that way. He said, and Jesus left us so many things not to fail. But he said, but now, if you give the devil permission, because he's still, he's still leasing out this earth. He's still here. And he said, but if you don't give him permission, that's why he said, give no place. To, see, we take that scripture light. Give no place to the devil. We just kind of say it in passing. But God was serious when he said it. He said, because he knows and the devil knows. God knows and the devil knows. If you don't give him no place, he has no permission. So don't give him any place. Amen. He cannot succeed in your life. Why? Because he cannot make God's word a lie. And God said, I got you. I've made you more than conqueror. Why? I made you more than conqueror when you give the devil no permission. When you give no place to the devil, you're more than conqueror in any area of your life. 
Why? He, then, he, then he went right back and put it, in, put it in the scripture. He said, now I'm setting it up this way. And because I have, the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. See, we need to take it serious. It will not prevail against the church. And then that's why he kept the keys of, in Revelations 1 and 18. Write it down. He kept the keys of sin and death, which is our failure. And in Matthew 16, he gave us the kingdom of God, which is our success. success. So now anything else is a permitted response. Amen. Then we said the work, the word work is to mean that which we have uh, it's going to make it where that which we have and what we have to, and what we have is to give. When you have work, you're going to have and you're going to have to give. You got to put your mind. We got to be a ministry that understand about giving. It's a part of God's plan. Our responsibility is to give. When God tell, whenever God tells us to give in any area, that's our responsibility. Now, God's responsibility is to perform it in our lives. He has his responsibility too. He takes responsibility for what he did. He said, your responsibility is to give. My responsibility is to perform in your life. And he said, and I'll perform it this way. I'll perform it with a good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over. And guess what? It ain't going to fall out of the windows of heaven. I'm going to cause men to give into your bosom. That's God performing. People just don't give on their own. They're going to give to you on their own. God is going to cause it to run over, he says. But it's only when you give. Now, so you can't say I gave my tithe and expect this. No. Because you don't, how can you give what don't belong to you? You have to go beyond the tithe. The tithe is not your, again, that mentality in your head, you think you're giving God something with that. And so you feel like, okay, God, I'm a, now I'm going to start tithing everything because you said you're going to give me good measure, press down. Not, not, not on his stuff. That's his. Oh, get that in your head. It belongs to God and must be returned to it. It was never mine. It was never mine. It was, you have to tell yourself, it's not mine. It's not mine. Now, the 90 is yours. Even though God said, I've set up a, uh, uh, I've set up a system to operate in there, but you can do what you want to with it. But I'm going to show you the way to operate in it and that you'll have more than enough. But you can operate how you want. But the, but that tent, is not yours. So don't think you're giving God anything with that. Now, you have, now listen, you haven't heard the rest of the teaching, so don't, you know, we're still just dealing with technicalities right now. We're not dealing with everything. Just hold on. I know you just want to get into it, but no, no, no. Just hold on. We're talking about, right now, we're, we're really just talking about the letter of the law. We're talking about the letter of the law. But there is a spiritual part of this. But it's a teaching that you have to wait for. Because if you don't have a foundation, let me tell you, I could go forget all of this and go straight to talking about that. But you have no foundation. And guess what? When there's no foundation, sink in sand. It's just going to sink away. You won't be able to even, you won't be able to retain it. You won't be able, because you have nothing to hold it up. You have no foundation. First, we must lay this foundation, this technicality, so that you can build on it. So that you'll know instead of just having information... Because then you won't, it won't last. It won't last like anything else. Amen. 
Now, also remember that the tithe is a statute. It is under the principle of sow and reap. It is that portion that is prescribed to us, and then we must use it according to the prescription given us. Now, in Malachi 3 and 10, the word storehouse there in the Hebrew tongue means temple. Bring all of the tithes into the temple. Bring all the tithes into the temple. Keep in your mind, because in another lesson, the thing that we're gonna, we're gonna go back to, not in this particular one, we're gonna, we're gonna find out what happens when the tithe actually got in the temple. We'll get into that. Past, present, and future. And now, and how it shapes, uh, it'll, it'll shape your way of thinking. But we'll get to that. Now, as it relates to tithe, even today, it has to affect your thinking. I gotta keep going back to that. Because your thinking is wrong. And if your thinking is wrong, you're not gonna be able to operate the way God wants. When Jesus walked the earth, we, you know, we, we could, we go there and examine all the different things that, that Jesus did. Jesus said, render the Caesar the things which is Caesar's. God, the things that's God. Because He understood some things. We want to, oh no, uh uh uh. Jesus, uh, was Jesus all about taxes and everything? No, but He wasn't dodging any of it. He knew He was on the earth. He did. Remember when they ran to Him and said, uh, they're talking about paying taxes. He said, go catch a fish. And, now, and, and when you get, find the fish, you're going to have money in His mouth. He said, pay your taxes and mine. He didn't say, well, I'm God, I'm from heaven, and I don't need to pay taxes. He was abiding by, and see, we have to abide by the rules that are already here. He said, no, he didn't say, okay, you're panicking, you don't have any money for tax. get that, go pay your taxes. He said, no, pay yours and mine. Render to Caesar that which is Caesar's, the Lord, the things that are Lord's. And that's a very strong implication in that. It's very strong. It's almost coming to, into this lesson. It, it lets you know that we need to understand that all the different parts of the distribution of God's word upon our lives, and we need to be able to say, this is for me, even like with, in this, this season of voting and everything. We need to understand what we need to render with that which is Caesar and what is God's. Then you won't be in any squabbles. You won't be in any of that. We got to render those things that are Caesar to Caesar and those things that are God. Amen. Now, and it, it, it's, it's gonna. It, I know you don't think this have anything to do with your tithe, but it does. Now, watch this. Note this. Every law carries a judgment. Every law carries a judgment. There are commandments, statutes, remember, and judgments. Under every principle, every law carries a judgment. The judgment, listen, is a predetermined verdict that's already there. Example, if you run a red light and you get a ticket, they don't make up something at the time that you run the red light. It's already predetermined how much you're going to pay. It's already there. It's already predetermined. Now, I just told you, in this uh, in, in the judgment is in every principle. There's a judgment that's there that's already predetermined. So when you break that, it's not like, okay, ooh, what is God gonna do? What is, what's gonna happen now? It's already there. It's already, it's already a judgment. It's the thing. Let me, when, uh, when you go into a court, when you go before the judge, they don't think of something off their head, you know, five to ten years. Ten, it's already there. They're following the law too. 
Did you understand that? It's, it's already there. So the judgment is already there. That's why you want to operate within the principles. Because a judgment comes with each one of them. And the, 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 whatever the verdict is. And a verdict can be good or bad. See, when you operate in the principles and you operate it correctly, that's a good verdict. That's, that's not, every time we hear the word verdict, we think bad. And it's not. You can have good verdict. Let me tell you, if you went into court and you were awarded $10 million, I'd say that was a good verdict. Because why? Their verdicts are not always bad. But understand, it's still a, that still was a judgment. Even though it was a good verdict. So, judgment comes with all of them. Amen? Now go back to Malachi right quick. Run back to Malachi chapter 3. Under the spiritual principle... Of sow and reap. Everybody say, forget the money. Forget the money. See, it's the little things that's going to trip, that's tripping you up. I want you to forget it. Keep it in your mind. Forever keep it in your mind that, that, that the money is what keeps tripping me up. Keep it in the forefront of your mind. Cause that's what you have to, that, because you're going to get ready to throw it out because it's, it's embedded in there. The money, the money, the money. Mm-mm. Keep in mind that little seed that you got there. You don't have to keep thinking about the money. No more than you think about you being your, your father's seed. You don't think about that. Don't think about the money. Think, because think about obedience. Obedience is the seed, not the money. Obedience. Is the thing that's going to get you where you need to be. You know what? In this, when you tithe, that far goes far with your money. You will get supernatural insight. That's one of the things you can get. You can expect it. Now, who wouldn't want supernatural insight on areas of your life that you're just not sure about? In things in your family that you're just not sure. Super. Who wouldn't want supernatural insight on their children? Because let me tell you, children can trip you up. Because see, some of us still look at our children as babies, and they're not. And see, you, you need supernatural insight. And then sometimes God will send somebody else's supernatural insight to give you some message about your adult child, and you don't want to hear it. But you don't have the supernatural insight. You have to judge it by the person that's telling you that and God's word. But supernatural insight, that's the first thing that happens when you tithe. You get supernatural insight. See, let's forget about the money. The first thing that happens, I'm again to get supernatural insight. Look what it says in verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Listen. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Now what does that mean? In other words, God is going to give you a total understanding, listen, of what he's doing in his word. Oh my God. He'll give you a total understanding of what he's doing in his word. See, you got to be in the word. When he opens the windows of heaven, 
What do you think is going to come out of heaven? God's not going to do money and he don't need your money. Money's not going to fall out of heaven. If that was the case, we would have seen it in, in Jesus' ministry. Do we read anywhere in Jesus' ministry where God dropped money out of heaven for him? Did we see any in, in, in the ministry of Jesus? Because remember, he didn't even have a grave. Did God drop him money out to go get you a grave? But now all of a sudden God is dropping money for all of us. No. No. He's not. That's not the way he operates. Supernatural insight. The windows of supernatural insight into the mysteries of the kingdom of God. See, a lot of you, you say, where does the hill get that from? Where, where Minister Martin get that from? Where Minister Hayes? Where all the ministers? They're always coming up with stuff. Where they get it from? You think that, oh, they got it from here. They got it. No, it's called supernatural insight. Uh, listen, let me tell you, God will sit you down while you're studying and give you something and you'll be like, that your little finite, well, let's say it for me. For me, my finite brain could never get it. But the supernatural insight will give you and give you an example and you'll be like, I never would have came up with that. That's called supernatural insight into the kingdom of God. And that's why when you're at home studying, you can get so excited about what you're saying, what you're reading, or what you're studying. And then when you deliver it to the people, they don't even see what you almost want to run around and shout and you're smiling and grinning and you actually looking at their face and saying, they didn't even get that. But because you were excited because of supernatural insight. Ooh. So, and, and look, and that supernatural insight, God never gives it for me. He never gives it for the minister. He gives it so we can give it out. God says, it's not for you, it's for you to give it out. You're always giving, you gotta give it out. You know, we, oh, we bash it and we love because we, oh man, that, I mean, sometimes I'll be reading something, or sometimes I'm studying, and it's like three or four in the morning, the house is quiet, and I'm reading some of the things, and I just, you know, you want to get so excited, and you get all of that, but God said, but now, now that you do with that, just no, you gotta give that out. Supernatural. You'd be like, oh my God. You know, you'd be flabbergasted. Like, now God, why did you reveal that to me? Cause that, I mean, who am I to do reveal? Like, wait a minute. Let me, let me research that a little more. Cause I might be missing. Cause ain't no way I could have thought of that. God said, no, you didn't. You know, cause sometimes you think you got it. That you thought of that. Or you thought, God, no, no, uh, that's called supernatural insight. Ooh, who would want that? If the kingdom of God, it's the secret place of the counsel of God. Tithing to get you that. See, we always, I'm going into my secret place with God. You ain't doing nothing but in there begging. No. The secret place is the counsel of God. God said that, that supernatural, I'll take you into a secret place of the, my very counsel. Let me tell you what has gotten me through two years. A secret place of counsel. A secret place of counsel. And he'll make it known to you. Only you. Those that tithe. A secret place of counsel. Where you, where you, you have the answer. 
And you like, oh God, can I share it? And God said, just be still. Remember how Jesus, different things he would do and he tells the disciples, now don't go tell nobody, just relax. Just hold on. Or he'll say, wait, I can't tell you that right now. You're not ready for it. So in that secret council of God, that private, I like that, private council, the private secret council that God made known to you. So did you have a total understanding of what he's doing? I do understand. I understand what he's doing with this ministry. I understand what he's doing among the ministers. I understand more than most of you could even think. But, he said, I will pour you out a blessing that you will not be able to receive. Meaning that it's going to go beyond your mental comprehension. And baby, it does. You'll be like, I can't believe. I can't even, I can't even imagine that. Really, God? Really? It go beyond your mental comprehension. You cannot control it. There is no way you can receive it. It has to be received for you and given to you. It has to be received by you and given to you. God is the one. But if you're not a tither, all you're ever going to do is come and hear the word, but you're never going to really understand it like you need to understand it to make a difference in your life. Now, for some of you, you've been what you call tithing, but you have not experienced this. Why? Just hold on. You're going to see why. Listen, we need to understand that it has to be received for you and given to you. It's like a time capsule. Thank you, God. Yes. It has to be measured out to you in increments. That God could never give us all that we need to know. If our heads would, would, would burst, he gives it in increments. We have to verify this in the New Testament. Go to John chapter 16. Run over to John chapter 16. I gotta pull this together. Cause I need to be somewhere else next Sunday. John 16. Now, he said, I'm gonna open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you'll not be able to receive. Are you in John chapter 16, verse 12? It says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. You cannot bear them now. Jesus talking to his disciples. In other words, he said, you can't mentally comprehend them now. In other words, I want to open the windows of heaven for you, but there is no avenue for me to do it. Because you can't take it. See, we all think we're ready for God. Get, show me everything. God see, you can't take it. He told them, you can't stand it now. But have, you have no capacity, uh, capacity to handle it. You, you just can't. Not right now. And God is telling us. He said, you, 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 you're getting as much as your little brain can take. Sometimes when I'm saying God said, you got as much as your little brain can take. That's enough. Because you want to, you, oh God, uh-uh. God said, yeah, if, if, if I say any more, your head's going to explode. See, we think we, we think because somebody come with the same scripture or scriptures that we know and we think that's it. And God said, no, you don't, you don't even have a clue. What I really want to tell you, you're not even there to hear. You're there to hear that over again. That's where your puny brain is. 
If I go any further, first of all, you'll get all off and your head explode. You won't even understand. Actually, if I say it too much, you'll start saying it's heresy. Because you're not ready for it right now. I love that, not ready now. That means I can be ready though. That's what preparation is for. That's what preparation is for. I love that. But he said, but I, now I got a solution. Look at verse, uh, verse 13. How then, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truths. But he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall, he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. In other words, I am opening the windows of heaven that you might be able to see some things that are in the kingdom. Let me tell you something. That's a very unique, that, this is what's so very unique about the time. He just said, but wait, something else is going to happen. Somebody else is coming. And he's going to come with the spirit of truth. And he's not going to speak of different things. He's going to speak of what I tell him. Oh, I love that. It has to, listen, I'm telling you, you have to understand it like this. Understand it like this. Those principles that I gave you, those seven principle, principles, all work by faith. <laughs> uh, excuse me, I did, uh, just laughing about something. All those principles work by faith. <laughs> You're not going to get around faith. Did you hear me? Faith activates the principles of God. It activates it. But let me tell you something. The heart is the authorizer. Faith activates the principles of God. But let me tell you, the heart is the authorizer of it all. It has to be authorized in the heart. In other words, the effectiveness of the change that comes, it comes about in the heart. Is going to cause it to happen. See, God is going to always go back to the heart. So that's why you say most people don't get the, when I say most people don't get the full benefit of the tithe, it's because they throw their tithe in the, here we go. This is why you don't get the full benefit. They throw their tithes in the offering bucket or the offering plate, and their heart is not joyfully putting it in. There's your mistake. You're giving it, but without joy. And that's why you don't get the benefit. You, how are you going to be mad about giving God what's His? You give it and don't be like, oh, I needed this for tomorrow, but oh, I know I just have to. I'll do it. And you put it, that, let me tell you, <laughs> you just want that. Whenever you are begrudgingly, get, begrudgingly giving God what belongs to Him, that belongs to him. See, because, and the reason why you begrudgingly give it to him, because you don't think of it as his. You think of it as yours. You think of it as a sacrifice. You think it is something that you've given. So now I have to give it. I have to give it. No, you don't have to give it. That belongs to God. You give in your offering. But that's where people are not getting the full benefit of the tithe. They throw it in the bucket. Let me tell you something. When you just throw it in the bucket and you hate that you're doing it and you don't want to do it, listen. Listen. It makes things 
it, you can't benefit. You can't, all the stuff that I'm talking about, you cannot be, What he was talking about in Malachi, you, he can't rebuke the devourer. You have not given what belongs to him properly. You didn't believe. You didn't do it because, you know what, this is what I, I, I know that it doesn't belong to me. And I want to obey you, God. I want to obey you. You don't do it that way. Listen, you don't understand the principle, in other words. You don't understand the principle. To put an offering in the offering bucket, listen, with the wrong purpose of heart, is like masturbation. Seed on the ground. Now, when I say that, because remember that that's not a seed, but that's what it's like. Comes that it's nothing. Seed on the ground. It's damnable to God, both of them. The masturbation and throwing it in the bucket. Begrudgingly. It's damnable to God. It's like masturbation. It's not going to do anything. You remember in the Old Testament, God talked about a man putting his seed upon the earth? Same thing. When you just throw it in the bucket and just no, no, no care about it. It's the same thing it is in the heart. Now, again, it is the heart. Because I don't care how much faith you say that you have. If the heart doesn't authorize, your faith, it doesn't work. It's not going to bring about any change. I'll say it again. I don't care how much faith you have. If your heart don't authorize it, it's not going to work. It's not going to work straight. Now we're talking about tithe, but this is a principle that's straight across the board. If if, If it's not authorized by your heart, I don't care how much faith you say you have. It won't work. It has to be authorized by the heart. It won't bring about a change. The Bible says, let every man give, not grudgingly or of necessity, but how he purposes in his own what? Heart. So let him give. God says, I'm coming back to the heart because that's where it's going to rest. You don't count out your money and say, oh, I can't believe I got to give this. I got to give. You keep thinking it's yours. No. It is the heart. God said, what I'm going to do, because I know that you're struggling. Listen. I know that you're struggling. He said, I'm going to put my spirit in you. Helping us out. God, he knew us. He knew us. He said, I'm going to put my spirit in you. And I don't care what you say. You can read the Bible over from genuine leather to genuine leather. You will not get an understanding until you get this hard thing right. And then you can stop wondering how all the ministers can teach like they teach or how they come up with this. You're going to always wonder that if your heart's not right. And you're not going to understand. You, you know what? You're going to understand it to a point. You can't, you can't, you can't quit and be like, oh, and somebody else talk to you about the same thing. You'd be like, I didn't never, I didn't get that. Like they got it and everything. Yeah, because it stops there. Heart issue. Heart issue. The spirit of the living God on the inside. He knows your heart. 
and our hearts is to get his word. You have to have a heart to get his word. I have to have a heart to get his word. I have to have a heart to get his word over to you what I'm talking about. Everything about it. The Holy Spirit is going to show us things that our puny little brains can't do it, but we have to be able to get it out. I want to get it out to you. I want you to, I want you either to be convicted. I want you to be, uh, uh, if you need confirmation, I want all of that to be working. So I need to get it out. Pushing ahead. Again, he doesn't show it to us for us only. It's to give. Look at verse uh, 14 and 15. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath... Look, I, I love this. i got to take this slow. 15. All things that the Father hath are mine. That's Jesus speaking. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. In a little while, and you shall not see me again. In a little while, you shall see me, because I go to the Father. Listen, I, let me read 15 again. All things that are the Father's. No, uh, let's go to 14. 14 and 15. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine and shall show it to you. In other words, all of the fullness of the Godhead, he said, is in me. And when the Holy Ghost comes, he will, uh, he will handle what is mine. Basically what he's saying. And everything that the Father has, he's given it unto me, Jesus. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to give it to you for you to understand. Did you get that? Now, that's all that just said. He said, all of it is God. He's given it to me. And he's going to take a mine, and, he's, and through the Holy Spirit, I'm going to give it to you. I can give it to you. So Jesus is saying that there's nothing, basically what he said, there's nothing that I have that's not too good for you. Now that's enough to, to shout about. He said, nothing that I have that's not good, that's not, not too good for you. Everything that, he said, I, he's going to take what's mine and give it to you. You better read that. All things that the Father gave me are mine, and all of mine is thine. Now when you can understand that, you will see the tithe differently. And the seed differently. You'll see it differently. Now here's, the, here's something else. You have to remember you're getting just a little itty bitty part of the revelation right now. You got to chew on this a while. We haven't even scratched the surface. We have not even gotten to the major part of tithing. We're still just messing around with the principles. Father, are you going to give that to me? So we haven't gotten into the inner workings of the tithe. We're going to get into it. Just hold up. Second thing that happens when you tithe, you have supernatural harvest. Write it down. You get a supernatural harvest. Look at Malachi chapter 11. I mean, uh, verse 11 in Malachi. It says, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, 
And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. And neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts. That's a supernatural harvest right there. You know what he's talking about? He's saying, I'm going to give you another startling thing right here. He said, I'm going to bless you. And after I bless you, I'm going to make you a blessing. Mm-mm-mm. See, now that, that's just good. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make you a blessing. Now, most people just get blessed and they're okay with it. They just get blessed from the tithe. And there's no fulfillment in that. If you listen, if you tithe, God is going to meet your needs. But when you get, get it all cranked up, you go from being, being blessed to being a blessing to someone else. You have to ask yourself, have I been a blessing to someone else? Go to Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 12. Go back over to Genesis chapter 12. Come on, come on. Verse 1. I'll just, I'm, I'm going to go on there and you can even, 12 and 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Abram's name had not been changed yet. Abram. It had not been changed to Abraham. Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. This is the Lord talking to Abram. Again, his name hasn't been changed. The first thing that God does when he's getting you ready to use you, the first thing he's going to do, and you'll already know, he's going to do these, these three things is going to happen. First of all, he's going to take you out of that which is comfortable. Second of all, he's going to take you away from that which is familiar. And third, he's going to take you away from that which is secure. He's going to take you away from that's comfortable, familiar, and secure. Now he said, now here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take you away from all of that so that I can use you. Now see, the tide put you in a place to be used. He said, but I'm going to have to get you away from that which is comfortable, that which is uh, familiar, and that which is secure so that I can use you. And the first thing he does is he takes him away from that which he, the, the things that he said, those things that were secure for him. Home is always secure, isn't it? <laughs> but I'm going to take you away from that. He said, but I'm going to bless you. God can never bless you when you're just blessing yourself. Know that. He'll never bless you when you're just blessing yourself. He says, I'm going to bless you. And the reason that God bless you is not for your sake. You get a little something and you think it's all about you and you spend it all on you. You just, just bless yourself. Did you, did, did, first of all, did you give God his portion? No. Did you give him anything over his portion? No. All I did was bless myself. You can never be blessed by God. Now you, that, that comes and goes. But God wants to make you a blessing. <laughs> and God is not going to bless you for his sake, it's for your sake. It's for your sake. <laughs> Look at verse 2. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. But he knew before Abram 
could be a blessing that he had to get the tithe thing straight. He had to get an avenue that he could be blessed with. So watch this in chapter 14. Turn a page over. He said, okay, now, I just told him I'm going to make him a blessing. How do I make him a blessing? Let's see. Are you in chapter 14? Now, listen to me. This is right after Abraham has rescued Lot, his nephew. This account of the Bible talks about the battles or when kings go to battle or and, 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 and this is what was happening at this time and, and, and remember Abraham got his men together to go get Lot and you all know the story of Lot and we're not going to go through all that but there he brought back all the spoils he brought back everything he had plenty of stuff he said and the Lord knew all of the riches that Abraham brought back from the battle and, if, and God knew that and God said now if he don't tithe that thing is going to spoil on the vine. It'll spoil on the vine. See, if you don't tithe, it's going to spoil on the vine. And the devil will come and devour it. And it'll not work for his good. See, it doesn't matter how much you have if it doesn't work for your good. See, a lot of times people have, but it's not working for their good. The question is, do you have, what? if, if all you have and it doesn't work for your good, what good is your life? But I have this now. That's the end result. Again, it's just like people that hit lottery. It does not matter how much you hit. Money in the hands of a fool is soon departed. It doesn't matter. Any man that has anything and doesn't give God a portion is a fool. Is a fool. I don't care how big your company is. I don't care how many billion dollars it is. And see, we get excited because they have a billion dollars and they have this and that. They have no supernatural insight. They, and most of the time, that's all you're looking at is dollars. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Most of them people are in so much bondage behind that and so much chaos. They don't go home because they 24-7 trying to keep it. They, they, they have no, no insight about nothing. They'll have nothing but enemies. But lo and behold, are you in 14, chapter 14? Here's Abraham, and research it. He runs upon a black king called Melchizedek. He was a black king. Now, don't get the head of the brother. Now, he wasn't from America. Because, you know, we just, we, you know, we, we can go and say, I, yeah, I really like that. He is a black king named Melchizedek. No, re, do research. Because it wasn't about black white. I'm just saying he was a man of color. Hmm. On the road, look at verse 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, he was a king, brought forth bread and wine, and he was with, and, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Hey, I like that. He wasn't just a king, he was a priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram. Of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And now what he did, he gave him tithes of all. Who? Melchizedek didn't give, didn't give Abram. Abram is the one who got, just got all the spoils. And God was getting him to a place like, I gotta get him to tithe so I can put him on that road to be a blessing. 
He gave Melchizedek tithes of all. Why? But he knew then that I, I'm, you know, I'm blessed because I have all this. But God said, but you need an avenue open. And he knew it. I need an avenue open so that I can be a blessing to all nations of the earth. That's how all nations of the earth have, gotten, have been blessed by Abraham. When you're tied under the spiritual principle of sow and reap, God gives you supernatural insight, God gives you supernatural harvest, and God will give you supernatural fulfillment. You don't have to run no more. You're, all these people working hard and uh, they doing all this and, and you know, and we, I got a company and I got this. But you work so hard. You run to and fro. You do that. Some of you die just doing all that, just running and ripping and, and you die just trying to make money, trying to make money. But you never did this simple thing that would have called you to be not only blessed, but made you a blessing. We spend all our time at jobs and, and we want to, and we want to do three and four jobs because we got to make the money. We got, first of all, if you're doing three or four jobs somewhere, listen, you have been disobedient. I already can tell, I, I ain't even, let's just leave the time. I already know you don't tithe, but somewhere you've been disobedient as well. If you have to work like that. But when you're a tither, you don't have to run, run, and run anymore. You don't have to seek no more. Oh, what do I do? Supernatural insight. God will make sure you have it. God will make sure you're in the place where you need to be so that he can bless you to be a blessing. See, that's where people miss it. God puts you in a place to be blessed, and then you want to hover it all on yourself. And God said, no, I did that. For you to be a blessing. Ah, no. Mm -mm. God gives you supernatural insight, supernatural harvest, supernatural fulfillment. And you want to just hold it, hold it on yourself. Mm -mm. God said, I want you. You know what? You need to stay uncomfortable. That's what you need to be. But God said, if you just let me bless you. By tithing. Don't think about the money. Well, let me put it this way. If you just let me bless you by obeying, see, that, that sounds different. Because, see, you keep thinking of money if I say tithe. If you just obey, I'll bless you and I'll make you a blessing. Hmm. Oh. When everybody is losing their mind, you'll be able to keep yours. I'll make you a blessing. When everybody else is being persecuted, and even you may be persecuted, because it comes with being a Christian, he said, but you'll be rejoiced and be exceedingly glad through it all. Tithing will get you that. Now watch this. Back at Malachi chapter, uh, Malachi 3.11. Uh, listen. I lo I, I, I'm loving this in 3.11. 
And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall the vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts. In other words, he will stop the devil from preempting every plan that you get, every time. That's why people go from job to job and do different things and different things and different things. He said, every plan that you have is always preempted. How many times have you made plans and something, came, something went wrong? You made plans to do this and something went wrong. In other words, in 1 Corinthians, write it down, chapter 15, verse 57 and 58, he said, your labor will not be in vain in the Lord. And the Lord keeps his promises. We have victory. He said, you can be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's what it says. Steadfast. You have to be steadfast, unmovable. I love the last one. Always abounding. You should not be standing still. You should not be standing still in your growth, in your development, in your preparation, in what God has said. It should always be abounding. That's what, every time you leave a teaching like this or any other teaching that you get, you should be expanded. You should be growing. You should be saying, ooh, that, oh, thank you, Lord. I don't care. You know, it, it always irks me or get me to look at people and they're like, I've heard that before. Well, if you're hearing it in the beginning, because you, that's all you did was hear it. You haven't done it yet. You know, we can all hear, but can we do? Anybody can hear, but can you do? I want to verify something. Right here in, in, in uh, John chapter 15 and 5, all these scriptures, listen, all these scriptures are seeming it together. All of them. John 15, verse 5. It says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Verse 6. If a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them in the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide, take up residence, live in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. There are not many people that are able to ask what they will, and it be done unto them. Very few. And they are believers, and they're going to heaven, and they love God. But it's very few that can ask what they will, and it be done. He's not, he cannot lie. He just said, you will ask what you will, and it will be done unto you. Now watch this. He said, if you abide in me, that means, let's go find that principle. He said, if you will come in agreement with me, the spiritual principle, and how I do things. See, I'm not worried about what, well, we always done do I'm not worried about that. You come in agreement the way I do things. If you, in, in other words, if you would run your life like I run heaven, <laughs> whatever you ask, I'll give it to you. That. Now, right there, that just answered all matters. He said, if you would just run your life like I run heaven, 
You can ask what you will, and I'll do it. Run your life like I run here. He said, and I've even gave you a way to do it. Seven principles to live by. Run your life. And you can ask what you will. Ask what you will. And I'll give it to you. He said, if you will bind on earth that should be bound, if you will open up and have the mind of Christ, if you follow my plan and not get off of it, and get under the principles, whatever you ask, I will give it to you. Mm-mm-mm. I, I, I just love that. I'll give, just give it to you. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, I mean, God be glorified. That's all I can say is God be glorified. God be glorified. Look at verse 8 in chapter 15. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. Everybody say, God, be glorified. Be glorified. He just said, man, see, for me, in, in, in studying that all, that, 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 that did the most for me. When he said, if you would just live your life, run your life like I run heaven. And you can ask anything you will. And then he said, and you don't even have to guess how to run it. Follow the principles. Just follow those. God wants us to be naturally fulfilled. Naturally successful. Fulfilled is when you got it all cranked up. You know, all of us, you know, all of us, we want to work for the kingdom. We all want to work to a place where we can say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you always give me the victory. Always in Christ Jesus. You always give me the victory. You want to say, I stand, I am steadfast, unmovable, and I'm going to always abound in your word, no matter what I'm going through. Why? Because I got good news in my heart that what? My labor is not in vain. It's there. And I like what the Lord said finally, verse 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. He said, you know what? What you do right now, just do what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do right now. Do what I want you to do. He said, so, here it is. Continue in my love. See, that sounds easy, doesn't it? He said, this is what I want you to do right now. Before we close, this this is what I want you to do. I want you to continue in my love. Why? Because my love is my plan to keep you from ever failing. If you never want to fail, continue in his love. God's love is set at a level where you will never fail. So when I drop my tithe into the offering plate with the righteous, right purpose of heart, when I bring it to the storehouse that he told me there might be meat in my house, I bring it there. Well, I'll tell you what will happen right away. 
First of all, your heart has just got right. It just got right. Now here comes that supernatural insight. That supernatural insight comes flooding in of the Word of God. See, we just don't, oh, you know, supernatural insight. I see a demon and everything. No, he wants to give you supernatural insight into the Word of God and how it's working in your life. See, God is going to deal with us individually. He said, I'm not just going to just supernatural in the Word of God, but how is it? I want to give you supernatural insight in how it's working in your life. I'll tell you what happened. You'll have a supernatural harvest. So I can expect not only to be blessed, but I've been given by God an avenue whereby I, I can be a blessing, God. I want to be a blessing. i tell you what happens when I drop the tithe into the bucket with the proper attitude, with the proper conviction about it and saying I know this belongs to God. When I start giving because in my offering when I know that, that, that God has checked my heart. See, it's not about the amount that you're giving in offerings. So I'm moving from tithe. It's about the amount when you're talking about tithe because that's, that's, that's it. But when you do an offering, it's not about the amount. It's about the heart. Because somebody may give five dollars Three dollars and have the purest of heart and have everything where you give him with the wrong motive. Say, oh, I won't give it, but I want to look big. So I'm going to give 150, everything. God has ordered the three dollars because the heart is right. It's not about the amount. It's about the heart. Are you with me? God said, you just gave me an avenue to make you a blessing. I tell you what else happens. You get supernatural fulfillment. That peace. See, most, most people don't have that peace that surpasses understanding. They don't even understand it. See, I have since Pastor Hill's passing, I have peace. But most people don't even understand what peace is. Peace, for some people, they think is happiness. That's not peace. Because happiness comes and goes. And peace can too. If, you, if it's not up under God. If it's not the peace of God. See, you can get peace if you didn't have your water bill and the water was getting cut off tomorrow and somebody came and gave it to you. That's peace. But a water bill is coming again. So, so, so that, that comes and goes. But the peace of God can get you through anything. On your bad days, on your hard days, the peace of God. Why do I have the peace of God? Because God gave me an avenue to obtain it. And it was not the tenth. It was not the money. It's never the money. It's never the money. God does not need your little dime on the dollar. Or what you call is yours. That belongs to him. And he don't need that because it belongs to him. He wants obedience. It's the seed of obedience. It's what you now, you have now sold. A seed of obedience. 
Remember how you got your child, your, your children? The man sowed a seed. What happened? You reaped a harvest. After you had your children, now your children is your fulfillment. There's your harvest. Your children, even your fulfillment, when they do everything wrong, they steal your fulfillment. They steal your harvest. But you know what, what I've noticed, and, and I can only speak on my, 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 my own self because I don't want to offend anyone else. But when, when, I, when I say your children is your fulfillment, and I look at my sons, I look at both of their lives, and I see where they are, and I see what kind of men they are, and I, and, you know, and, and I see what they're doing, and I see just, just, just different things. And I think to myself, a seed well planted. With the right purpose. With, you, you see, even with that, a seed well planted, you have to have a right, pur- right purpose of heart. It will always produce fruit in your life. Did you hear me? I'll say it again because I, I want you to understand it. And I'm, I'm closing, but where do you have to go? You ought to be getting this. A seed. Listen. Well planted with the right purpose of heart will always reproduce fruit in your life. So I look at my sons and I say, think a seed well planted. And a lot of things their father didn't get to see, but he believed. And as a matter of fact, he would often say it. Just wait until the end. You don't know nothing about my sons. Just wait until you just wait until the end, and you'll see. A seed well planted with the right purpose of heart. See, it has to be. You you're not doing something just to do. You're not trying to plant seeds and do stuff just to be doing. It's a purpose of heart. God doesn't want the tithe for his sake. God wants the obedience for your sake. Because the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and everything that dwells therein. He don't need a dime on a dollar. He needs obedience. If you can obey him on a dime, then you can obey him in other areas. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you can't obey him with a dime on a dollar, you're struggling obeying him in anything else. Unconditional love is out the window. You're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to be a good steward over anything that you have. You're not going to be able to do that. Because a dime is less than that. And you can't do that. God does not need you to obey for his sake. He wants you to obey for your sake. God, everything that God always does, everything is for our benefit. And he said, in order for you to benefit, you're going to have to obey. I want to obey God. I want to obey. I want to do what's right. And see, even if you haven't been doing what's right, now is the time. Right now, God said, well, I want you to operate in my love. You've got to get to the point where you say, you know what, God, it doesn't matter. I just want to be right with you. You're doing way too much that you don't even have time for God. That you don't even have time for God. And it's going to come a day. 
It'll be your worst day. And you'll have nothing to lean on. And then you look at people and you think, oh, they can keep going on, but I'm stuck here. And, uh, you know, how can they go on and everything like that? Check your tithing. Let me rephrase that. Check your obedience. Just check your obedience to everything that God is saying. Stop thinking about money. Do you have supernatural insight of what God is doing in your life? Do you have supernatural insight of the things of God, the Word of God? When the Word of God is being spoken, you know, sometimes when some of the ministers like Wednesday, I'm listening to them or something like that, and they say something in the Scriptures, and I'm, I'm looking, looking at it and everything, and my head is running everything, because it's like, oh, and this, oh, yeah, that, because God is just, just, adding on because you're, you're all you're like yes I'm captivated by it and I'm blessed by it oh yes that went and then you go back and you read it and you be like oh father you know this it can go further with this and it goes further with that and I'm like how many of us are doing all of that just grabbing what God is telling us here and then letting him just give you more but it's only he only can give you what you can contain if you don't have the capacity for it, you can't handle it. And so you hear and you be like, I didn't quite understand what they said. You don't have the capacity maybe for it. Or you're not listening for it. You have to listen with the intent to obey. You gotta listen attentively. You gotta say, let me, I need to hear that again. I need, slowly, slowly, let me slow it down. Let me slow it down. So you can listen intentively, where you can grab it, where you can start saying, ooh, let me hold on to this. Because from this point on, now we're gonna start digging deeper into the tide. This all was just technicality things to just give you something to lay it on, to get the foundation. So when you build it up, it'll stand in your life. And if you've been struggling in it, you'll start standing and saying, no, this, and listen, it's not about the church needing the money or any of that, you know. And I, you know, hear people all say, oh, they need to, they need to do this and they need to do that and, and you know, the, the church needs this and the church needs that. Let me tell you, whatever this ministry needs, we're gonna just take it to the people. And if we get it, we get it, we do it. If we don't, we don't. And that's that. Move on to the next deal. It's not about that. It's about obedience. If all you're thinking about is money, you're not gonna get this. You're not gonna get this. But it's time for us. Because remember, I never want you to forget, we're still under preparation. Why did God have to take us back to tithes and offerings in preparation? In the time of preparation, why is he taking us back to tithes and offerings? I'm telling you, those of you out there that have been in this ministry... And you left for whatever reason, and you're streaming. I don't know if you're streaming or not. I, th- th- that's not my business. That's God's word. But I'm saying this from God: you had better get yourself settled in as fast as you can. You had better not let the devil cheat you, because your time is running short. So, and you need to be under a covering where you've learned about. You already know that. Those of you that don't know this ministry, but you've been searching, you say, God, I've been looking and searching, but oh, I'm having a problem with that woman. Get all that foolishness out of your head. Because that, that, let me, never forget you have an enemy. You have to go through all, let me tell you, whether it's a woman with a womb or a man without a womb, what difference does it make? Is it truth? 
That's all you got to worry about. Don't worry about whether I have on a dress or pants. Worry about is it truth. Does she teach truth? Does he teach, teach truth? I don't care. A title ain't nothing. Jesus didn't even want titles. Don't need a title. If you just call me a woman of God, I'm okay with that. I don't, I, it's not all about any of that. Life is too short. What's going on in the world is too short. Things are coming to a head. People are leaving the earth early. Earlier than they're supposed to. All because they won't get into the truth of the Word of God. People are leaving the earth early. Uh, they're not even learning while they're here because they're in the wrong place. You're where God never told you to be, but you're going to do it anyway because you think you have a right. But how can you say you belong to God and do what you want to do? And do what you want to do. Listen, when Pastor Hill passed away, do you think I wanted to preach? Do you, did you think I wanted to get back on this earth? It's not about me. It's not about me. You have to get all of that off of your chest and say, you know, if it was all about me, let me tell you, if it was all about me, I'd be at home with my head up under the covers. But it's not about you. You've got to get from that. And on my hard days, it's the same thing. The same principle is work whether I'm before you or I'm not before you. It still works the same way. I still have to press on. I still have to press and the blessed part about it is God always gives you someone in your life to keep you going. To keep you pressing in the middle. Keep you, you know, when you don't feel like smiling, they'll knock on your door in your room and say, Madam, and that just makes you smile. And it gets you through the day. Just little things like that. That God is just placed right there and you don't even recognize it. You'd be like, oh my God, I just wanted to do. And then, or they'll tell you something they wanted to do or something. And then you jump up and you start doing it. And you'll find out your whole mind track, everything changed. And God has done it in a second. And you're like, oh, you know, I was going down and. But if you don't see and recognize, but if you don't position yourself to want to do the will of God, God understands. Remember Jesus said, I understand what your flesh is like. I understand that you're hurt. I understand about that. That's why he said, cry now, but there'll be no more crying in heaven. I'm going to wipe away all that. I know you don't understand it now, but know of a sure. I bank on that. I trust that. I put my hope in that. Tithing, I have done for years. I have done for years. And I don't lack. And not because of money. Because there's other things that I've done for you for years as well. And I've hit and missed, hit and missed, hit and missed, and got back on track and everything. But let me tell you, through it all, I've never, ever, never, ever once, ever wanted to go back into the world. Never want to go back into the world. Never want. I get back up and I keep pressing. And I keep pushing. But I never say, oh, I just want to, oh, maybe I just want to go out into the world a little bit. And I want to, never. Never. My sole, my sole purpose is being here is to minister the word. To watch my grandchildren grow up. To watch my sons get in position for me, for me leaving. 
watch all the other ministers grow, develop, and, and all of the, the, everything that they're doing. And see, because you don't see me and you don't talk to me all the time, you don't know what's going on with me. You don't know how God deals with me about anything. And because I talk to you about what I want to talk to you about. Because some things are just private matters between you and God. You don't have to talk to anyone about it. But you have to start here. You have to be consistent here. You got to stay here. Don't think of it as a tithe. Think of it as obedience. So you have to say to yourself, if I have never tithed, I've yet to be obedient to God. If I've tithed from time to time and not, I still haven't been obedient to God. It's still straight across the board. There's no difference. But now I can be, I'm alive today for another chance to obey. And I'm convicted enough to obey. God, Father, I thank you. Repent. Always repent. So many people, they just go, okay, now I'm ready to go on with God. First, repent. And say, Father, I'm sorry. I, 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 see, even, what did Pastor used to always say? Even if you were a little child and you didn't know that if you put your finger in the socket that it'll shock you, it doesn't mean it won't because you just didn't know. But now you know. Now you know this is what I have to do. And I'm not doing it for a preacher. I'm not putting it for a pastor. I'm not thinking about I'm giving my money. They're taking my money. None of that. All I want to do is obey God. That's all you have to think on. Train your mind to think that way. Because anything outside of that, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. Whatever happens after that has nothing to do with you. What has to do with you is your obedience. I want you with supernatural insight in the kingdom of God. Because in God's next move, you're going to need it. And what's going to happen? See, remember, it's two things that's still going to happen. There's going to be a next move of God and something else is coming. Something else is coming. It's on the horizon. For some of you, it's, my, it's probably have already hit. But it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, let me tell you, it's going to be worldwide. But you could have supernatural insight. Where whatever happens, Father, I'm riding on your wings. Whatever happens, Lord, my confidence is in you in all things. Don't get caught up into the the political garb and everything. You know, I laugh at a lot of it and I go to different people and they saying this and they worried about this. I said, what what, what is everybody worried about? Did you do your part? Did you vote? That's all you can do. So now it's over. You did your part. So complaining is not going to do anything. Talking about what they're doing is nothing. I, well, if I'm talking about it, I'm talking about it in a laughing mode because it's done. Whatever, I've done my part. Everything else, God's going to keep me. Whoever's in office, gonna, God's going to keep me. Whoever was in office the last four years, God kept me. The last eight years, God kept me. And he'll always keep you. I've never seen so many Christians at this time with just hatred 
I just laugh at them. I, it, it, I mean, I laugh at the, at the people that's doing all the wrong. I laugh at them. But I, first of all, I, I, how am I hate somebody that have never even said happy birthday to me? I don't know you. You don't know me. And all I'm doing, all I'm doing, listening to, to stuff on the news and this, that, and other that's everywhere. It doesn't matter. I can't, I don't know you to hate you. Not hate you. That's too big. That's too strong. That's too, that's too wrong for a Christian. I can't hate you. If I know you're doing it all wrong, no more than anybody, if I found out they were doing wrong in this ministry, how could I hate you? I might not like it, and I might voice to you, I don't like it, but hate you? No. Wishing you die and all that kind of foolishness? No. We're beyond those kind of things. But those are people that lack supernatural insight. Supernatural insight. God said this whole thing that's going on now, he said it didn't only show you racism, it showed who everybody trusts. Even the evangelicals, even the, the believers. He said, that's what I'm showing you. I, you, you let's, when did the Caesar that which is Caesar? I want you paying attention to what I want you to pay attention to because it's about the church and getting the church where it needs to be. That's what I'm exposing to you so that you can minister to the church. So this is for church of the living water and where God has taken us. Everybody that's getting in on it, let me tell you, the word is universal. It's for you. But because we're church of the living water and where God has taken us and our next move, this has to be in place. Not for a few handful of members. Not for certain members. Everybody got to go up under this umbrella that we're teaching. But we got more to come. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.com.